Blog Talk Radio. Being proud and puffed up in my way. 
Imagine starting your day, not just with a cup of coffee or a quick glance at your phone, but with a powerful assurance that today can be extraordinary. Picture yourselves stepping into each moment, fueled not just by your plans and efforts, but by a divine promise of guidance and blessing. If you believe that God can make a difference in your life today, let us stand together in faith I will pray a powerful prayer with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So watch until the end and open your hearts to receive the blessings of this prayer. My friends, in the quiet moments of our mornings lies a precious opportunity to shape the hours ahead with hope, grace, and intention. It is in these serene early moments that we find our hearts most open to the whispers of God and where our souls are most receptive to his guiding hand. Let us reflect on the words from Psalm 118, verse 24, which says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This verse isn't just a statement. It's an invitation to align our hearts with a spirit of gratitude and joy. It reminds us that each day is a divine gift, intricately woven with possibilities and opportunities for us to discover and embrace. As we pray for a good day, we are not merely asking for favorable circumstances. We are also seeking to tune in our hearts to the beauty and blessings that each day holds. When we approach our day with prayer, we are not just hoping for the best. We are placing our trust in the one who holds all our days in his hands. We acknowledge that our own strength is limited, but in God, we find an unlimited source of strength, wisdom, and peace. Therefore, our prayer becomes a powerful testament to our faith a declaration that we choose to rely on God's promises and his unfailing love to guide us through the day. As we face the unknowns of the day with courage, we ask not just for the absence of trouble, but for the presence of God's peace that surpasses all understanding. This peace becomes our steady companion, guiding our thoughts, words, and actions turning ordinary moments into extraordinary encounters with God's grace. As we seek God for a good day, we seek to align our will with God's will. It is in this sacred exchange that we find the essence of a truly good day, one that is not measured merely by worldly successes, but also by how closely we walk with the Lord. It's about seeing his hand in every detail, feeling his presence in every challenge 
and hearing his voice in the quiet whispers of our hearts. So, my friends, let us come together in prayer, not only wishing for a better day, but as a powerful act of faith and surrender. Let us pray with hearts, full of hope, trusting that God is with us, guiding our steps and turning every day into a testament of his love and faithfulness. Today, as we seek a good day, let's remember that it begins here, in this moment of prayer, where heaven touches earth and your heart finds true joy in the Lord's embrace. Now, to all those within the sound of my voice, let us go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me so that you can have all the blessings of this prayer. You may also listen to this prayer daily as you build your faith and come in agreement. Let us pray to our gracious and loving God, Heavenly Father, Creator of the heavens and earth, I come before you with a heart full of praise and thanksgiving. Your majesty and glory are beyond comprehension, and your love for us is unending. I exalt your holy name and acknowledge your sovereignty over all things. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and in your presence I find true peace and fulfillment. Lord, I thank you for this new day, a precious gift from your generous hands. I am grateful for the breath in my lungs, the strength in my body, and the opportunities that lie ahead. Your mercies are new every morning, and your faithfulness is as boundless as the sky. For the love and grace that you have given to me and my loved ones, I am eternally thankful. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth and in my life, as it is in heaven. As I stand in your presence, I ask for forgiveness of my sins, both known and unknown. Cleanse my heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. I also forgive those who have wronged me, releasing any bitterness or resentment. For in forgiveness, I find freedom. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare victory over my day. I seek your guidance and wisdom in every decision I make. Lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Enlighten my mind with your divine insight and help me discern your will in all things. In every conversation, every interaction, in every choice, let your wisdom be my guide. Lord, I ask for your strength and courage. In moments of weakness, be my fortress. When I face trials and tribulations, be my rock. Let your courage fill my heart, enabling me to overcome obstacles and stand firm against the winds of adversity. I'm grateful that in your strength I can achieve all things. For with you all things are possible. I pray for your peace to surround me today. 
let it guard my heart and mind. In the midst of chaos, let your peace reign. Let it be a beacon of hope to those around me, a testament to your calming presence in my life. Protect me, Lord, from all harm. Be my shield and defender against the schemes of the enemy. Keep me and my loved ones safe under the shadow of your wings. Deliver us from all evil and lead us away from temptation. Protect us in our going out and our coming in, today and forevermore. I pray for health and well-being, not just for myself, but also for my loved ones. Heal us from every sickness and disease. Mend what is broken within us and revive what has grown weary. I thank you, Lord, that you are the great physician, the healer of all our ailments, and in your hands there is restoration and peace. Your word says that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed, and I claim that promise over our lives today. I pray for deliverance from the spirits of fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and discouragement, and ask for your powerful intervention to break these chains and set me free in the name of Jesus. Lord, prosper the work of my hands. Open doors of opportunity and bless my goals and aspirations. May your abundance flow in my life and let me be a blessing to others. In your loving kindness, I ask that you meet my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, fill me with your love and compassion. Let me be a vessel of your grace, showing kindness and understanding to everyone I encounter. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke all forms of attacks by the enemy. I declare that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I bind the spirit of delay, disappointment, and stagnation in the name of Jesus. I rebuke bonds of oppression and any plans of the enemy to derail your purpose for my life. Lord, as I say this prayer together with everyone listening, I am grateful for every heart that is humbled before you right now as we come in agreement, praying for each other. Let your Holy Spirit move among us, touching every life, healing every wound, and fulfilling every need. In your infinite grace, we ask that you align your blessings to meet us right where we are. May your favor be upon us. May your protection surround us, and may your peace dwell within us. We declare that everything is working for us and not against us. Deliver us from all accidents and negative incidents. We are grateful that your goodness and mercies shall follow us all the days of our lives. Gracious Lord, we pray that you will help us to have a good day today. We claim victory over our challenges, declare healing over our bodies, and we thank you 
for your unwavering protection. As this day ends, we return with hearts full of thankfulness for every lesson learned, for every blessing received. We give you glory. Lord, may your Holy Spirit guide us, comfort us, and empower us in all our ways. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering my prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, amen. If you were blessed by this prayer, type the word amen in the comments section below.
spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah. I uh, want to say first, welcome to Jesus in the Morning. I'm your host, Evangelist Barbara Pittman of Freedom Doors Ministries, and I come to you live each weekday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and today is January the 30th. 2024. One more day and we're out of the month of January. Look at God. One month and 30 days into this new year. He has yet blessed us. And so I'm thankful unto him this morning. Again, I appreciate him. I love him. I'm grateful unto him because we could be gone. I just found out earlier uh, this morning that a old friend of mine, I met her in Alaska, and uh, we used to call her the Georgia Peach because she was from Georgia, and I found out December 2nd she passed away of, of last year. Yeah, I missed her just a few days. Had I wrote a daughter, you know, and, and, and you get busy sometimes, and sometimes uh, out of sight, out of mind. That's the honest truth. And so had I been in touch with the daughter more often, I would have known sooner, and I may have been able to get there to uh, see her for the last time. I remember the last time I saw her, she was in Hinesville, Georgia, and uh, I was going over to see a friend of mine, uh, well, my administrator at the time of Jesus and of, of Freedom Doors Ministries, I'm sorry, and uh, she was a person who booked all my engagements and, you know, kept everything going. Well, on the way to visit her, I found out Miriam was in Hinesville, and I got a chance to stop by and see her and her daughter, Sean. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. I've seen her daughter several times over on TikTok, Facebook, but I didn't remember to check on Ann. Yeah. But it's okay. She's going to take her rest. Yeah, she went through a lot in this life. So she's taking a rest, and uh, we trust God that when she get up, she'll get up in him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we're moving right along this morning. I have a testimony I wanted to share, and uh, we're going to be uh, listening to Bishop Lambert Gates um, over at the Church of God in Christ. He's preaching that 115th convocation. And a lot that this man said is very interesting to me because I know it to be the truth. And sometimes we don't like the truth. In many cases, we don't understand. Some people don't understand uh, many different things about God. They know what they know, but they don't, they haven't been through. Everybody don't have the same testimony. This is why I don't judge people. This is why I don't come against people. This is why when I find out a person is different than I am, I don't come against them and I don't hate them and I don't not associate with them because they're different than I am. And a lot of times church people, not the people of God now, but church people will come against anybody because you don't look like them, you don't act like them, you don't sound like they sound. He said, in loving kindness have I drawn thee. So whatever the person's problem is, 
I can find out about it, but I can let them know. I've had many encounters with uh, gay women. I, I, I think they say you're not supposed to say that. They, you're supposed to say trans or something. I don't know what you say. But women that was different from me, women that like the same sex, that's not me. Many times they heard, oh, she went to prison, oh, she liked women. No. <laughs> I went to prison because I broke the law. I did wrong and I wouldn't stop. And so God turned it around and used it as an experience for me, but not an experience that I would share me with the same sex. There were men across the street. There were men officers there. So I shared my thoughts on relationship with men that was across the street. One man, Cecil. No woman. I've had women come on and I, I let them know, look, that's not me. I'm sorry if I hurt your feeling, but that is not me. And I know God saved me. Because look, when I was in prison, I act a pure fool. Uh, approach me if you want to. Ooh-wee. Approach me if you want to. You were going to feel <laughs> the raft of hell. You hear me? And whatever you wanted to do, if you wanted to thump, I did too. But I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm filled with his spirit. And loving kindness is how we'll draw people unto him. Not being angry. Not being upset because they're different. Yeah. And you don't, what you don't like. What you hate, you just act a nut. You ignorant on a lot of things. So what I had to learn to do is remain humble unto God and let God work it out. Today I can say I know some wonderful people that's not like me. Yeah, they, they don't even believe in everything I believe in. But it does not make them evil and it does not make them bad people. We are just different. <laughs> and God have a purpose and a plan for their lives. And as they hang out with me, they go to God more because that's that either you're gonna go to him or me and you we're gonna have to separate. Because my life is hid in him. I work for him. I'm about him. And I, I want to share this this morning, and we're moving on. When you truly love the Lord, listen to me, and you want to, your focus, you want to be focused in him. Let me tell you, the enemy going to send something your way to keep you with something going on all the time, aggravation, frustration. That's his job. He come to steal, kill, and destroy but Jesus come that we might have a life and that we might have it abundantly. So we keep striving in him. We keep telling him thank you. We keep giving, uh, uh, rebuking the devil. We, we keep resisting him and he got a fleet. I appreciate your prayers. I thank each and every one who pray for me. Thank you so much. I need it. Thank you. Yeah. Prayer will fix it every time. And God is working on it. Oh, believe me. Yeah, I thank you. I thank you, Sister Irene, because I know you always lift me up before the Lord. I'm grateful. Thank you so much. 
Sister Dot, thank you. Yeah, for lifting me up before the Lord to keep me strong, to keep me going. Yeah, I appreciate that. But many depend on me. Yeah, that is true. Many depend on me. And so I got to be there for people. So I need prayer. Yeah. Hallelujah. One time someone asked me, well, who do you go to uh, when you go into, I go to God. Mm-hmm. Because I truly know him. I don't, I don't doubt him. I know that he's real. And if I carry this to him, he'll take care of this. But once I drop it off to him, I got to walk away. I'm not be concerned about it. When I turn around, he's already taken care of it because I went to take care of his people. Oh, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, this morning. Hallelujah. I'm thankful unto the Lord. So, look, we're moving right along this morning, and um, I want to remind us of this today. And you know what? I want to go in there and read it, and uh, I want us to meditate on this as often as we remember because this will lift uh, burdens from you if you would give it a try. I mean, really focus there and obey what it says. Stay there until you get it in your spirit. Stay there until when you at home doing dishes, you quoting this in your mind, you remembering. As you driving down the street in your car, you, this comes to you and you it's in you now and you're learning how to obey this part of the scriptures. Oh, you're going to be blessed. You'll learn to leave stuff behind. You'll learn to take things to the Lord in prayer and leave them right there. No joke. This has blessed me a many, a many, a many years. Oh, daily. This blesses me. And it sounds so simple, but it's not as simple as it sounds. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 5 through 7 this morning. And this is what it simply says. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That word all is a big, big, giant word. All covers a multitude of stuff. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Don't think you know the outcome of your situation. How your situation going to end because you don't if you're praying. It looked like it's coming out blue. But because you truly trusting in the Lord with all your heart, and you're not thinking of how it's going to end, you trust in God that he's going to bring it to a good end. So guess what? It's looking like it's coming out blue. But about midway through, you see your situation turning. Oh, yeah, it's turning. Uh-huh, a lavender color, a purple color. Yeah, God has worked it out now because you're no longer leaning to you. You trust in him. Verse 6 says, in all thy ways acknowledge him. In everything you go to do, as often as you can remember, pray before you make a move. Even paying your bills, pray before you pay your bills. You're going to be surprised at what you find out. This month, this bill is not due. I thought it was due. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And he shall direct your path. When he says shall, that means he's going to do. If you do what he says, he's going to do what he says. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct that path. He's going to show you the way to go. 
He's going to show you that bill that you thought was due is not due. Maybe you needed a pair of glasses. Maybe you needed a pair of boots. Maybe you needed something important. But because of this one bill, you wasn't going to be able to get these things because you was going to pay that bill. But when you acknowledged him, he showed you that bill wasn't due. Now that money can get the glasses, get the boots, or whatever it is that you're in dire straight of. Whatever you're in dire need of, you, you're able to do it now. In verse 7, we're going from Proverbs 3, chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Number 7 says, be not wise in thine own eyes. Don't, don't think you know. Don't think you know everything about your situation because you don't. Not if you prayed. Now you're trusting God. You believe in God to bring it uh, uh, to a good end. You're trusting God to bring it to a place where it makes you happy. You gave it to him and what he gave back, is, it won't add no sorrow to you. You won't have to cry over it. Uh, you won't have to worry in the midnight hour about it. You don't have to be all that concerned about your children. You gave them to the Lord. And you trust in him with them. And you're not going to be wise to think they're going to turn out like their daddy. Like the daddy brother. No, you're not thinking that way. You gave it to the Lord. Yeah, I know they told you this, this, and that on the job. But you're not being wise in your own eyes to see what they're talking about. You know God gave you the job, and unless you want to leave the job, the job will remain for you. And sometimes if they do decide to give up your position, before you leave there, God showed you another one. Somebody came and told you about another job. You went and applied. They gave you that job, and a new job pay more. You got weekends off, and Friday is a short day. Oh, he's got a mighty sweet way of doing things for us. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. We're not going to do wrong because we fear God. We're not going to do wrong because we know he see what we're doing. The world may not see. The church people may not see. Your close friends may not see. Fear him because he see everything that we do. He hear every word that we're saying. So we're going to have a, a fear of respect for God. He destroyed his enemies. He can destroy those that do wrong. And anything we know that we're doing wrong, we're going to depart from it. We're going to stop doing it. I want to share that this morning. That come to me strong. So I want to share that this morning. And we're moving on in Jesus' name. Yeah, that was just a quick message God wanted to share today because he, he needs to bless some people. Hey, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Ha! Huh? Thank you, Lord. He needs to bless some people. He needs to work some miracles in your lives, but you need to give him what he needs to do it. Trust him. Lean not to your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him. He's going to direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear God and depart from evil. Uh-huh. Work on these things. Read it, read it, read it. Let it get in your heart. David said, a word I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Keep working on it. Keep practicing doing it. Until when anything come your way, 
you give it to the Lord quickly and trust him with it. And tell him thank you. Because he's able to take that burden up off you. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm grateful to him this morning. There is none like him. Listen, we're going to hear one more song of the morning. And uh, when we come back, we're coming back with Bishop Lambert Gates preaching at 115 Holy Convocation over at the Church of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Let's take a listen to this song.
Like they're in their escorting them with his presence and the, the majesty of his power. You saw the, the cloud by day, the fire by night. Hmm. How could you forget that? But yet, when they got in the promised land, God save us from our arrival. Help all of us Pentecostals. Save us from our arrival so, so that we don't do what Israel did. You've done too much for us to to settle being like other folk. You told us, come out from among them. Be separate. Save the Lord. Your neighbor don't. Know it. You're going to work your neighbor tonight. Tell your neighbor you may not know it, but God made you special. You're not like the other folk. We speak in tongues. And let's make us speak in tongues. We live right. We walk right. We talk right. We think right. We love our neighbor. And we also love our enemy. There's power in the Holy Ghost. We have about 10 minutes. They lost him. They're your neighbor. He's working on something. They lost him. Lost their way. Got over in the promised land and got settled down and they, they lost their way. <laughs> the Bible, the Bible, it says in I believe one of the Psalms, he gave them their requests. But sent leanness to their soul. God, don't let my answered prayer destroy me. Don't let prosperity make me sit down and, and forget who you are and what you've done in my life. He gave them their request but sent leanness to their soul, which would you rather have? Songwriter said, I'd rather have Jesus. Somebody else said, I'll take Jesus for mine. You can have this whole wide world. Heaven and earth shall pass away. This period history, this period in time that I'm referencing tonight, truncate what I'm saying is, it, it, it was the, the period of the judges. They didn't have a, a sitting king. 
God was really supposed to be their king, but after a while, they forgot that. God gave them the land of promise, but then they were, they got weak. Because when they got in the land of promise, they, they didn't understand that they, there would be a challenge there. And that even though they were in the place of promise, they'd have to drive the enemies out. But once they got in the place they wanted, they didn't want to fight anymore. And so they became accommodators. Everybody tell somebody, watch who you accommodate. All right. I wish I could get some help. I'm trying to look for somebody that's praying for me. Everybody doesn't belong in the company of a child of God. We're not accommodators. We're world changers. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its favor, what good is it to look good to everybody but God? What good is it to to be tasty but unhealthy? I dare you to wave your hand to heaven and say, God, make me what you want me to be. Deliver me from the spirit of pleasing other men. You don't have to chase after promotion. I'm sorry. You don't have to booze and smooze and suck up Come to on. somebody, excuse me. Come on. <laughs> promotion, real promotion comes from God. Amen. World changer. Play I promotion see. comes from man. Yeah. But I want the promotion that comes from God because, because when God takes you up, can't nobody pull you down. Hallelujah. Come on. Hey, glory. They lost it. You know, it's interesting. If I could run to the first Samuel 3 real quick, I'm not going to be long. The Bible says that um, when Samuel was called into the prophetic office, there was no open vision. Mm. If you read some translations, it says the word was sparse and very rare. Mm-hmm. You can put me in whatever category you want to put me in, but it sounds a lot like today. Mm. More preachers don't necessarily mean more words. Amen. I wish somebody would tell me preach. I... <laughs> See, when you when you consort with everybody, that's what that, that's why God wanted them not to be insular. 
Because you can't win people if you're insular. But he, but he wanted them, while you're winning, folks, be careful. That you don't compromise your principle. I don't know about y'all, I want to keep my integrity. I'm saved and sanctified. How about y'all? I heard the bishop say, I still speak in tongues. How about y'all? I speak in tongues and I'm not ashamed to speak in tongues. I don't just speak in tongues at church. I speak in tongues in my house. I wish I wasn't by myself. You ever get happy driving your car? Go off in tongues? Tell your neighbor, don't mess with me because I'll speak right now. We're not other folk. I'm talking to us Pentecostals. We're not other folk. He didn't call us into the entertainment business. Oh, I wish I could preach tonight. We're not here to entertain. Entertainment is not the word. Jargon is not the word. And sometimes because we watered down the word because we want to fit in with everybody else. It's not about souls growing, it's about my church growing. How many members you got, Doc? How many members I got, Doc? So what? If you do got a lot of members, you didn't save nobody. All right. Jesus died for them. He yeah. shed his blood for them. You may be seated. You can sit down, but tell somebody as you sit down, some of us done lost our way. We done. This is not Hollywood. Can I say that again and see if I can get five more amens? This is not Hollywood. Preachers are not here to entertain you. You want a show? Go to Broadway. All right. But I don't come to church to see a show. I don't come to church to have flesh talk to me in a sermon. I, I don't come to church to see flesh singing to me. I come to church to have a God encounter. I come to the convocation to convocate with God. I dare somebody look at your neighbor and say, I hope you make it to the meeting next year. But if you don't make it, all I need is for God to show up. And if God shows up, there's no church till God shows up. Can I have seven minutes? No vision. 
No open vision. We're, we're preaching stuff that's not the gospel. And if we do preach the word, we're, we're cherry picking the word. You know good and well everybody's not going to have a Bentley. You know good and well. I don't know why I'm here. God help me tonight. You know good and well everybody's not going to have a Bentley. You don't define your spirituality by what's in your garage and what neighborhood you live in and what you wear. That doesn't define your spirituality. Jesus himself said, foxes have holes. The, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have not place. We have preached the gospel, and we've taken the cross out of the gospel. There is no gospel without the cross. On a hill far away, stood it all rugged cross. It wasn't a plaque. It wasn't a trophy. It wasn't an award. It was an emblem of suffering and shame. If any man come unto me, you may be seated. Take your seat, if you will. Got to deny himself. I need you to do another pew check. See who's there on the cross. Look up and down your row. I'm serious. Look up and down your row. See who's. Don't nobody want to sacrifice no more. Don't nobody want to go to prayer meeting no more? Don't nobody know nothing about fasting no more? No wonder there's no vision. No wonder there's no words. No wonder we have stuff, but we don't have Jesus. Get ready to pull it in. You can be seated. We're looking everywhere else but where we need to be looking. <laughs> the power is still in the name of Jesus. The power. The power is still in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the power is still in the church. Upon this rock I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. Israel lost their way. You can be seated. Getting ready to quit. Ikama! 
kama usipia. And so you have the, the tragedy of the, the book of Judges. The, the book of Judges is a, a tragic book. Because it's, it's people who have reached the place of destiny, but they don't know how to handle the destiny. They've been, they've been called out to be peculiar people, but, but they reject being peculiar. We want to fit in with the other folk. <laughs> we'll, we'll cave in to what the theologians call syncretism. You know, we get fancy today. The old folk call it one foot in and one foot out. But You know, the old folks were smarter than we thought they were. We can all try to say words we can't even pronounce. Synchra, syncretism. No, 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 no. You got, baby, baby, you got one foot in and one foot out. You better get that other foot back in. Come on in the ark now. But they were mixing and mingling. Mixing and mingling. He told them, drive all the enemies out. But they said, you know what? We can let some of them hang around. Get us a little more money. Get us, get us a little better living. I'm sorry, I, I keep having flashbacks. I just heard those old mothers singing in my ear, driving way, Lord. We don't want Satan here, y'all. You know, that was before we got sophisticated with our, with our praise teams. And no wrong, I, I got praise teams, but we got sophisticated with our praise teams. And we, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm not going to say that. We start singing sounds that ain't our sound. We act like there's something, something wrong with call and response. No, call and response still works, baby. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Have you tried Jesus? He's all right. I wish I had somebody that would tell three people in rapid succession, he's still all right. I dare you to say it. When you get through with all your fancy talking, all I need is King Jesus. Long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. We don't need other folk to make our church. Come on, Pentecostals. We don't need other practices. The seminar would not build your church. It will help you. But it won't build it. And let me just tell you the truth. You can't build it and I can't build it. Because Jesus said, this is my church. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. All you need to do is just give me the glory. Get out the way and give me the glory. Get out the way and give me the I dare you to tell your neighbor that. Tell your neighbor, get on out the way so, so the Lord can bless you. Tell somebody, get on out the way so he can move in your life. Get on out the way so he can save your children. Get on out the way. 
out if they get here. You may be seated. How? How can they? You can take your seat for me. How? You come on, Mama. I'm sorry. Some of y'all know, y'all got what I got. Do, 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 do tongues sometimes pop out your mouth when you didn't mean for them? It's the fire in the Holy Ghost. How did you get here? This chapter from which we read shows us how low they had fallen. As an idiom in the King James text, Jesus uses in the New Testament, he said they, they crept in unaware while they slept. The enemy crept in. <laughs> you know what? You know what happened here in Judges 20? Everything now had gotten as low as it could go. You don't have time for me to tell you the story, but I'll truncate it real quick. Uh, there was a Levite who had a concubine. And I'm talking the Bible. The Bible says... She went a whoring on him. Don't get nervous. I'm not going to mess with that tonight. But she played the whore. Matter of fact, she ran away. After she did what she did, she ran to her daddy's house. And the Levite. He loved his concubine. Bible says he got up and he went after her. See, what you love, you'll go after. He went after Followed her back down to Bethlehem, Judah, where her daddy lived, and you, you know the story. He got her father to release his concubine so he could take her back home. Took her back home, I think somewhere around the fifth day, stayed over a couple of days, headed back home and <laughs> went a day's journey. Had to find him a place to rest his head. Read it when you can. And the Bible says that <laughs> found a place in Gibeah. I'm going to hold up here in Gibeah, but nobody would let him in their house. He was out there on the street. He couldn't understand. He wasn't asking for a handout. He said, just give me some shelter for a night, but nobody would let him in. While he was on the street, here comes a man from the city. And <laughs> make a long story short, he said, you can't stay here. There's some bad men in this city. You better come on home and go with me. And they went home to his house. As soon as they were at his house, here come the men from the city. Knocking at the door. 
And you know what those rascals said? They said, send those fine men out here. That we can know them. Say what you want to say, homosexuality is still wrong. We don't hate homosexuals. We love homosexuals. They're welcome in our church anytime. But I don't love homosexuality. You should never do wrong, but if you're going to do wrong, at least do wrong the right way. Come on. I'm sorry. I know, I know I'm going to get in trouble with somebody, but there's a right way to do wrong. Watch who you let use you up. I'm getting in trouble tonight. Because they'll use you up and then make you a disposable. the next morning. He called his concubine, but, but she was dead. Because mm. men had raped her, had violated her all night long. The, the, the Holy Ghost just told me to tell you, there's some folk that are dead while they're living. A living corpse. Because mm. the light has been sapped out of them. And the Bible says <laughs> he was grieved. He got his concubine's body up Saddled over his donkey. Went back home. Oh, it's a brutish story. He went and got his sword and cut a body up into 12 parts. Mailed a part to each of the 12 tribes and said, there's been folly in Benjamin. God help the church that there's no folly in the church. You know what he was saying? What you going to do about it? There's a mess going on. Who's going to clean up the mess? I I don't want to get in trouble and sound too earthy. 
But preachers, you can't be no punk and be a preacher. Get you some spine. Cry loud. Stand up. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Follow peace with all men. I need somebody in the grand old church to look at somebody and tell them this is still a holiness church. I want you to mess with them. Tell them we, we got better cars, we got better houses, we're better educated, but never forget we're still a holiness church. The devil has no place in here. And if he slips in, we'll pray him out. I wish I had somebody to help me do it right now. You know what? There's enough anointing in this room to change 5,000 situations if you would just raise your hand right now and say, Drive him away, Lord. Help your neighbor. Say, Neighbor. The preacher told me to tell you, I see demons running from your house, I see. Y'all got to get some faith. Tell your neighbors, look at them demons running. Look at them. Look at them running. We have the Holy Ghost. Look at them running. No weapon formed against you. What y'all gonna do? We're gonna have a board meeting. I feel good up here right now. I'm serious. Oh, I know this is a real deal. That's why I'm trying to rub shoulders with y'all. Some anointing up here. And that's how the whole church should be. The church must never lose its anointing. It must never lose its authority. And that's why we, we have to know how to associate, but not go too far. We deal with the politician, but we always make sure the politician knows there's a difference between you and me. You court votes, I court God. I need thee every hour. What you gonna do? You get ready to close. What you gonna do? So they sit. Word for Benjamin. Tribes gathered together. Armies gathered together and they sent word to to Benjamin. You know, we'll spare you if you just give up those rascals. say the right thing. Sometimes you need to let some folk leave your church. And if I just tell you the whole truth, a couple of them you need to put out your church. 
Y'all remember when we used to put folk out? You can't let the devil come in and just take over. And because they can write a big check, look the other way. The devil is a liar. The big check is not my provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. Benjamin, give them up. Benjamin, say, we're not giving them up. I don't have time to tell you about Benjamin, but, but, but Benjamin was that arrogant tribe. You got an arrogant tribe in the church. It's dangerous to be arrogant. Pride going before destruction. The Holy Spirit before God. You humble me before you take that hedge from around me. You humble me. Give me a mind to humble myself so that I won't lose your power if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. I'll, I'll heal the land. I'm closing. What you gonna do? We ain't giving them up. What you gonna do? As I close today, I want to ask everybody in this church, <laughs> all of us, including myself, what you going to do with that hard situation? What you going to do with that, that thing that you can't seem to get together? What are you going to do? When the war waxes hot and the battle gets long, oh, what are you going to do? And the Lord spoke to my spirit today, and it was affirmed when I saw your scene. He said, I want my church to get back to the basics. Sometimes you're doing everything, but what I want you to do, get back to what our fathers taught us. They taught us to pray. They taught us to fast, and they taught us to have church. Everybody say, pray fast and have church. Say it, say it with some authority. Look somebody in the eye and say, say pray fast and have church. Not more program, have church. Not more parliamentary order. Have church. We got a fight going on. We don't understand. We've lost our ability to fight. Because we've become too sophisticated. We become so intellectual. Yeah, we don't want to open our mouth anymore and say thank you, Jesus.
Mm-hmm. We got to put a proper edge on it. I, I, I still remember those mothers who walked around the house and said, Glory! Y'all know anybody like that? I could hear my mother in the house walking up the stairs as she got old, and the steps were, were hard, but every step she said, Glory! I dare you to do a glory check right now. Do it again. Do it like you want God to show up. Make a joyful noise. The Lord told me to tell us tonight, I want to hear the noise that I used to hear. Yeah. I don't need your litany. Mm. I don't need your creed. I don't need your proper words. I just need to see you open your mouth wide and say glory and thank you, Jesus. I inhabit the praises of my people. If you praise me, I'll show up. If you I need you to shake three hands in a hurry. Say, God said, if you praise me, I'll show up. Say it again. Tell him the Lord said, if you praise me, I'll show up. I got to close tonight. But find that third hand and squeeze it a little bit. And say, hey. God told me to tell you if you praise me I'll show up I'll show up in your money I'll show up in your family I'll show up in your children if you praise me I'll bring souls into your church if you praise me I'll make the devil leave you alone if you praise me I heard Israel say, somebody got to fight Benjamin. Which tribe ought to go up first? I heard the Lord tell Israel, that's no problem for me. I told you from the mouth of Jacob, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor law given from betwixt his feet. Until Shiloh come, I wish I had somebody that would help me close this message. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, I don't know what tribe you belong to, but I belong to the noisy crowd. In a good game with thanksgiving, come into his courts with praise. I don't know how you're going to handle your situation, but I'm going to give God a praise. Uh, I wish somebody would help me close the day. Would you tell another neighbor, I dare you to put a praise on it. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know how hard it's been for you. Uh, may have been heavy on your neck, but the Holy Ghost told me 
need help. If you just praise God, he'll dispatch angels. If you just praise God, he'll shower you with blessings. Oh, I wish somebody would help me praise the Lord. Can I get some delegates to open up their mouth real wide and give God a Holy Ghost praise? Praise Lost your mind, praise him. Like the work's already done, praise him. Let everything that has wrapped praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, What you waiting on? If you're breathing, you owe him a praise. If you still can see, you owe him a praise. If you're still in your right mind, you owe him a praise. I got the clothes, so would you help me close? Shake one last hand and say, hey, neighbor, I don't know about you, but I heard what the preacher said, and I made up in my mind, when I leave this convocation, I will. I will, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm not going to wait till the battle's over. I'm going to shout right now. I'm going to leave for joy. Right now, can I get 10,000 people to jump up in the air? Give God a democracy.
the love worldwide www.jesusinthemorningradio.com hallelujah hallelujah bishop roberson and power lord and the message this morning came from bishop lambert gates over at the church of god in christ hallelujah i'm thankful unto the lord to hear about the old way yeah because many have forgotten the old way Many have forgotten to go back to the old path and take a look around. It's as if they think, I'm good, I got it, and many will be in hell thinking they had it. Yeah, we got to get it right with God. And I know some won't understand, and some may not want to understand, and it's okay. Yeah, it's between you and your God. My job is to bring you the truth and to bring you the real things of God if you want it. Only if you want it now. If you don't want it, you don't have to get it. But you must have the spirit living in you to obey him. You must have the gift that the Holy Ghost to fully obey God. Because if you don't, you can't do it. 
Or you start out on a good track, but when you know anything, you're cussing. You'll start out on a good track when you know anything, you're being nasty to people. You'll start out on a good track, but when you know anything, your mind is often wandering backwards. Yeah, you got to have the Holy Ghost and obey. Listen to him. When he speaks, don't don't drown him out, don't 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 brush him off, but listen because he's going to bless you. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! Thank God for the message this morning, and there was truly a blessing unto me. I have a testimony uh, I would like to share this morning, and after the testimony, we'll have uh, the studio open, and you're welcome to share this morning. Say something on behalf of the Lord or whatever it may be that you, you want to share. But uh, I wanted to take you to take a listen uh, to this testimony. This is uh, Joah and Savannah Ramsey. And Joah is saying God saved his marriage. And Savannah is saying it's not about the marriage. It's about God saves. Hallelujah. So we're going to take a, a Listen, and he's funny. You know, I like folk when they make me laugh. Yeah. So we'll take a listen right here. And uh, Savannah's seven months pregnant. Can you tell? <laughs> That's right. And so... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, love. Maybe you should pray for us. Say hello and help Let's us. Just bring it back to Jesus. <laughs> Joel and I just wanted to share a little bit of our testimony with you guys today, and we're going to be really honest and vulnerable with you, but um, it's about how God restored our marriage, but I don't believe that it's about marriage restoration. It's actually about the transforming power of the Holy Spirit and what happens when you and your little life comes into contact with the God of the universe. And so as we were praying this afternoon, just saying like, Holy Spirit, what is it you want to do today? Because we don't have an agenda, hey. I don't want to come and give you my best three ideas. I want to come and be a conduit for heaven to transform and invade your life. So as we were just praying this afternoon, like, God, what is it you want to do? He was saying, I want to invade every single person in this room. I don't want them to leave looking the same. It's not about marriage. It's not about, even though that is, a fruit of when God comes into contact with your situation and he does want to restore marriages today, he was saying, I want to bring healing. I want to bring freedom. There's people in this room who suffer from things like anxiety and depression. He's saying, I want to bring freedom from that bondage. And so I want you to prepare your heart and um, just like even now, Say, God, I'm here and I'm surrendered. Because as we speak and tell you this story, Holy Spirit, he will begin to mess you up. I promise. He's here and he will. As we begin to share, you're going to feel, you might even feel his tangible presence now. He's on a mission today and no one is safe. Not one person is safe from the presence of God. So um, Joel and I, we met when I was 15. Yes. Is that right? And he basically saw me as the little sister who hates that. I hate that. So when I was 21, that's why. <laughs> 21, 15, it's appropriate to think she's a little sister. That's a minor detail. Right, so, Troy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very legal. <laughs> so when I turned 16, I did what every confident girl does, and I asked Joel out. And um, shortly after, when I was 17, he Just proposed. Just quickly, I, I did, when she approached me, she tracked me down. Yes, that's what happened. I did then go and uh, speak with the parents, get permission, a whole bunch of awesome things. So just a little bit of a lesson, young men in the room, speak with the parents. Sorry. He then proposed to me when I was 17, and by the time I was 18, we were married, and nine months later, around my 19th birthday, we were separated. I very much felt like Britney Spears. So we had this rough run, and nine months into our marriage, it was a complete mess. And it was um, very public and very messy, because when you, when you marry the pastor's son of the biggest church in your state, that's just the nature of how these things go. But it was very clean in that we were separated for a year and a half, and I think we spoke maybe three times. It was done. It was over. It was dead in the water. This marriage was a disaster from beginning to the bitter end, and it was now over. And one day, oh, baby, maybe you should tell this part. Well, I just, I just think like a little bit of show you how good we dated, right? Like we dated for about a year, and on Valentine's Day, I found it appropriate to um, break up with Savannah over Italian food. So I was good at dating is what I'm saying. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> doing dating well is really important. In fact, you just don't date so you can hold hands, kiss if there's any young people in the room. Right? Dating is not even in the Bible. It's a whole other topic to talk about sometimes. But, um, but there is. It's like make sure you submit your, even your, your young years to, to the leadership around you and to God in what you're doing. Um, I was on staff at our church, leading worship at our church, leading worship to thousands of people around the world. And uh, because I didn't listen and because of a few mistakes we made, we entered into this relationship that, that, that just wasn't, you know, Savannah was probably not saved. She grew up in a Christian home. Uh, she grew up in a Christian family. And so, you know, you tick that box and you're good, right? <laughs> I want to tell you, if you're going to date someone, if, you, if you're going to make sure there's someone who's so sold out for the Lord that their attention's on Jesus and not on you in worship. Amen. Like, I know you want to worship and do the look across, but like, that's not a good start, right? Like, just, but seriously, make sure that you, you're seeking God in, in all that you're doing. And it's like when he's the center of everything you do, then you'll find freedom and grace in everything that you do. And you'll step out of the works of the flesh and into the things of the spirit. And your relationship will be godly and not worldly. Like, it's really easy to wrap uh, Christian language around worldly dating styles and think we're doing it right. And, uh, and you know, the wisdom of man, it actually wars against the things of God. And then too often we, we, we do, we wrap human wisdom in language of God and we call it wisdom and it's not. We're warring against what God actually wants for us to walk in purity, to walk in holiness and to live out a relationship that serves God in every part of what we do. And uh, that's not always popular preaching, but it's true preaching. And, uh, you know, we're not here to please people, we're here to please God and love people. And so we can truly love you and we're not afraid of you and we don't need you to love us back. We can actually love you because we love God first so we can actually love you with his love. And so we, 
we got into the dating world and the truth is there's an assignment against marriages there's an assignment against the people of God there's a thief who comes to steal kill and destroy and since we we started dating Savannah eventually started getting plagued with like severe anxiety um, um, severe depression paranoia um, just all sorts of things that we weren't equipped for and I was too arrogant to notice Um, I was too caught up in what I was doing. I was too caught up in, for me, ministry. For you, it might be business. For you, it might be you're so caught up in your kids that you're forgetting about what your husband's going through. And I don't know what everyone's gone through. Everyone goes through something different. But I was so caught up in in, in, and prideful and didn't really know what to do, but had too much pride to get help with what we were going through. And, And because of that, it caused this tension in our marriage. It caused this thing. And I remember speaking with somebody one day and I said, man, I feel like Savannah's making me pick between you know, my ministry and my marriage. And I got terrible advice and he looked at me and said, oh, what are you going to do? <laughs> like there's a question in that. Like my ministry doesn't exist without my marriage because, and, and, so, and so there was this thing and, we'll, and, and, and one day I just gave up and I was like, I cannot do this. We're in such a spot of like pressure and tension and, and there was so much hurt and there was so much bitterness going on in our relationship that I gave up that I said, I, I can't do this. And I knew by doing this, I was giving up everything. I, had, you know, I, I was giving up my job. I was giving up what I did. And I wrote a letter on a, on the, and I put it on the desk and I said, on the, in our house, and it said... I think uh, it was more like a post-it note. More like a post-it note. <laughs> and this is not an exaggeration of like, to shorten what I said. I said, I'm sorry I couldn't be who you wanted me to be. Have a good, bu- have a good life. Goodbye. And I packed my bag and I drove off two hours away from our house and I was like, oh. I, I was such in a spot and I didn't know what to do and because of what we were going through it was just this hectic experience and two days later I came back and I was just like, man, what have I done? And, but by that point it was too far gone. We'd, we'd hit this brick wall, it exploded. The thief came in, added extra deception to what we were going through and we believed these lies and we ended up, like Savannah said, separated after nine months of marriage and that's not the plan for the man in ministry, right? That's not the plan for what, what we see for our lives. We don't want 16. We're like, man, I can't wait to be separated after nine months of marriage. Like, that's, that's not what we're looking for. And so when we're in this spot and we're separated for about nine, uh, a year and a half, we were separated for. We barely spoke and, and we moved on with our lives. It was to the point where Savannah was, um, she was seeing another guy. Um, I was unofficially seeing another girl because we're still married because in Australia you have to wait about a year before separation before you can actually divorce. And, um, and so there was this thing, it was so finished. I, I say that part of like she was seeing someone I was to give you the picture of how finished this marriage was. Like it was over. The only reason we weren't divorced is because we were legally not allowed um, to be divorced. And, and so this is the, the, the distance between where we could have been and where our marriage was. And one day I was in worship and just worshiping God, trying to figure out everything. Just trying to, like, God, you ever been there? Like, God, what the heck? Like, where are you? Like, what's, and, and I began to question everything, and I'm worshiping God. And he began, he showed me this picture. He, he, he painted this picture of this, this dirty rock. It was, like, covered in lava and that black lava that's dried, and it was like this thing. And he chipped the end off, and on the inside, there was a small piece of gold. And he said to me, so strongly in my spirit, he said, Joel, that's your marriage. You need to go get it. And so there I am like, what the heck do I do with that? Because it's now a year and a half. 
And with this is done, I'm like, how do I go get this marriage? And so I just drove over to her house and pulled out the front. I said, hey, called her on the phone. Hey, we really need to hang. We need to, really need to talk. And she's, she's like, you know, when I would call, she would make up lots of reasons to not hang out with me. And I'd say, look, we need to talk. She's like, I'm like, are you busy? She's like, yeah, I'm real busy. you got stuff on. And I'm like, I'm out the front of your house. And she's like, okay. So over the next two weeks, I eventually somehow convinced her to move back in with me and give our marriage another shot. And so then we moved back in together and for the next three months, our marriage is even worse. Because it's like we have all the original problems plus an extra year and a half of being separated and all the mess and hurt and brokenness and bitterness that came with that. And so now we have this issue of like three months in, like we've tried, we've given it a shot. Man, God, this is not working. And have you noticed how that happens? It's like finally you get a word from God and then the furnace gets seven times hotter and you think, what the heck, God? I thought this was from you. So it was worse for three months. It was, um, we were just at each other's throats and we had already been through separation so that wasn't even, there was no fear attached to that anymore. And I remember us sitting down one night and I just said to Joel, you know what, we can say with full integrity that we've given this our all. Let's just get out before we kill each other. Let's just get out. And he agreed. He's like, yeah, you're right. This is terrible. So we decided that night to um, separate for the second time now. And the next day, Joel goes to church. I wasn't going to church at that time. I was, like Joel said, I was born into a Christian family, but I, you know, I was born into a South African family. I thought it was the same thing. I'm South African because my parents are. I'm Christian because my parents are. I didn't know that it required a relationship with Jesus. I didn't know that it required complete trust and belief and reliance upon him. I just thought Christians were good people. So I didn't know God, and now not only do I not know God, I hate Christians, so I'm not going to church. And Joel goes to church, and I'm driving to pick him up. The service is over. And as I'm driving in my car... Jesus comes to me. And it's really dangerous to drive your car with Jesus in it, just so you know. (laughs) But I can't describe to you. He came to me, and I'd never met him before, but I knew straight away, this is God. It was like I was home. And the presence was so overwhelming. It filled the entire car. There was even a moment where I thought, how does he fit? How does he fit in this Suzuki? <laughs> but his presence, it, it, it like seeped into my being. It was almost suffocating. I knew I, was, I knew I could never get away from this love. And as I was in the car sitting, pulled over for safety, I felt this vacuum suck everything out of me. All the bitterness, all the hurt, all the deception, all the anxiety, the depression, the paranoia, like Joel said, I was suffering with such severe anxiety and depression. I was riddled with fear. I had fear of man, fear of, um, fear of every. I was afraid of moths. I mean, that's really scraping the bottom of the barrel, moths. 
I was riddled with fear and it governed my life. There were most days I couldn't leave my closet, not just my house, my closet. And I would sit in there convinced that if I left, I would die. And as I was in the car with Jesus, this vacuum sucked everything out of me. And then he filled me with his peace and his love and his presence. And I, um, I finished driving to the church to get Joel. And I can't describe to you the intensity of the fire of God in the car. And he gets in the car. And you know, when, you're, when you have holiness in the passenger seat, it's, it's awkward. Like, what do you say in the face of pure holiness and reverence and awe? So Joel and I just sit in silence for the whole car drive home. It's like... So I, I just get in this car and I, and I looked at it. As soon as I got in the car and I was like... I could see something had happened. There was this amazing presence in this car. So I was saying, so we drove home in silence for 20 minutes. Just didn't say a word. And we get to the car and we pull into the driveway and I look at her and I say, who are you? And she just unloaded on me with what just happened. She just told me what she just experienced in the car and she preached the gospel to me and she's like this thing. And she said, Joel, I love you so much. She said, but I don't need you. See, I had encountered freedom and I had encountered love, true love, the person. Love is a person. I had encountered the love of Christ and so I didn't need him. Sometimes that's offensive in a relationship. I don't need you because we've so replaced love with need. And we think, if you don't need me, you don't love me. But I was in a place of freedom now. I said, Joel, I don't need you, but out of everyone, I choose you. Because I see you with the eyes of Christ now. I see you for who you are. I see you for your value. And I ask nothing of you. And if you want to walk away right now, that's okay. It's going to be okay. And so... <laughs> and so we just sit in there and, I'm, and she's just unloaded on me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I, could, I was so excited that something had happened. She... she become a Christian that day in the car and actually surrendered her entire life to Jesus Christ. And so we sat there and I'm so excited that she's free because as we read before, the anointed one has set us free, not partially, but wholly and wonderfully free. And now she's carrying this freedom. And the truth is freedom's offensive to those who are bound. Free, especially in religion. Freedom can be super attractive, but we have to, with religion, we have to rip that thing off, rip pride out of the way. And it was this thing, and I was so excited, but I'm still bound up holding all the hurt because I've not had the encounter with the Holy Spirit who's going to liberate me from my problem. And so for the next three weeks, Savannah is just an absolute mess in I, a good way. I met the Holy Spirit. What else is there? That's what we were designed for. It's our whole purpose in life. You have a calling, yes, but your purpose, what you were designed and created for, is intimacy with the Holy One. Jesus poured out His Spirit on all flesh so that you could, could be in this intimate relationship with perfect holiness. 
And I had had like a taste in my car, and I became like an addict for the presence of God. And I would wake up in the morning, Holy Spirit would be sitting on the end of my bed, and he began to teach me. He began to reveal who I was, who Joel was. He began to reveal his nature. He began to open up the Word of God, and it became living and active in my life. And I was just like this junkie. But something else the presence does is it makes you a little bit incapacitated. So Joel would leave for work in the morning. This happened for about three weeks. And I would be lying on the floor, trembling in the presence. And he would get home at night, and I would still be there. I didn't know what was happening. I'd never been to a revival meeting. I just was encountering glory, the fire of God, the consuming fire. It burns up all flesh. You can't look very cool in a consuming fire. If you pour gasoline on someone and set them alight, I promise it won't be pretty. And that's what God did to me for three weeks. So I lost my job because I didn't turn up to work. <laughs> but I didn't care. I was obsessed. And after three weeks of this madness, of me disappearing for hours of a t at a time to hide away with my beloved, whom I'd found, Joel cracked, big time. We were just sitting, in, and we're going to have to shorten the rest of the story for the sake of time, but we were just sitting in our, in our small little tiny studio apartment, and one night, and it was this tension and season where she was so free, so I'm so excited, but as I said, I'm still I'm struggling, and now with what she's going through, it's even more uncomfortable for me because I get home and she's weeping, I get home and she's laughing, or I get home and she's just encountering God, and I'm desperate for that now, but I haven't had it, and so the one night we're sitting in our bedroom, and she gets up to go do something in the kitchen, and I said, um, sweetheart, could you get me a Milo? Now, a Milo is like quick, it's like a, a, a chocolate thing you put in a glass, you add milk, it's delicious, <laughs> and so I said, can you get me a Milo, and she's like, of course, and she goes in, 45 minutes later, she's never come back. So now if you've ever had a Milo, you can't wait 45 minutes for a Milo. You're like, come on, people. And so, and so I get up to go find her because she can't go far because our house is a studio apartment that leads to, has a kitchen that leads to the bathroom. It's like, that's it. So she can't be gone too far for 45 minutes. And so I walk into the kitchen and, and I open the door to the bathroom and there she is encountering the presence of God. She's weeping and just this overflowing joy is all over her. And I look at her and I said, Where's my Milo? <laughs> but um, as I did, I broke and I fell to my knees and I just began to weep as I was being, the Spirit of God came on me and delivered us and set us free and showed us that this is the freedom that he paid for 2,000 years ago. That what was happening is we'd believed lies, we'd been deceived by the devil, we'd submitted, submitted ourselves to the enemy's plan and he'd had his way with us and in this moment he was revealing where the spirit of the Lord is, there lies freedom. And so I wept and we sat there and we hugged and we cried and from that day forward, our marriage has never been the same. Okay. You know... Okay. We had people tell us, you know, you're going to have to have counseling for double the amount of time you were separated for to even get back to where you started in the first place. And 
The truth is we're not anti-counselors, but we do believe in the counselor, the Holy Spirit, that he's the teacher and he's our father. And he lead, he, if you submit yourself and if you yield yourself to his plans, his purposes and his voice, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And all truth happened and was Jesus' blood was poured out on the cross. You see, if the anointed one set us free, not partially, but wholly and wonderfully, the day we received him, then we have to start walking in the freedom that he paid for. This is the substance of our salvation. Like we have all things that pertain to life and godliness. Please leave your message for 7173. You received everything you need for life and to live it godly. But we have to choose to believe this truth, understand this truth. If you're being led and guided and counseled, let them be leading you and guiding you and counseling you into the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the reality of what that is. Because you see, like, we all have problems. We all go through something. We all have a problem, and our story might seem big to you, or some of you it might seem small. But the truth is it doesn't matter because your problem is not your problem. Your problem is the lack of the reality of Christ and Him crucified in your life. That's not to bring condemnation, but it's to draw you into a place where you recognize what Jesus paid for. He paid for, not for marriages to fall apart. He didn't pay for you to stay in your sickness. He didn't stay, pay for you to stay in your bondage and your brokenness. He paid for you to live free. And it says, where, uh, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so we found this freedom that day and our whole life began to be transformed. The supernatural nature of what happened gave us an opportunity to be in a place like this in every conversation we have, not just in marriage problems or relationship problems, but in life to show people and teach people the reality of Christ and Him crucified. The Apostle Paul, he, didn't, he, he came to the Corinthians and he said, I come to you and I, I, I don't want to know anything among you except Christ and Him crucified. He wasn't saying that the cross is the only thing we should ever talk about. He's saying, I come to you knowing nothing except Christ and Him crucified because He knew that everything you need for life and godliness, every spiritual blessing is found in Christ and Him crucified. And the mysteries, the depths of your salvation you receive are unlimited. You know, we have to stop living from blessing to blessing and living like hell on the in-between. Like you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So if you understand the reality of that, you'll start living the blessed life because every spiritual blessing has been given to you in Christ Jesus. And this is the truth, so you won't believe the lies. Does that make sense? Christ, what he did, it's, it's so powerful and is freedom for everyone who would believe. It's like this amazing moment in the worship when, when we spoke about maybe your breakthrough, your promise hasn't come through yet. Don't live by what you experience, live by faith. Believe God for whatever you haven't even seen yet is going to come to pass. But the good thing about realizing what Christ did for you is that you have peace on the inside regardless of what happens on the outside. Peace is not found in the external. Peace is found in your right standing with God. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And freedom for a believer means right standing with God. You, are, you have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
which produces and gives you peace with God, which means if you have peace with God, then that peace cannot be robbed from you except from what you submit and allow the enemy to rob from you. Because you have peace with God, which produces joy that's unshakable. It puts you in a position, you're positioned in Christ that no matter your external, no matter how long you've been waiting for your breakthrough, no matter how long your marriage has been broken, no matter how long your child has been running away from Jesus, no matter how long you've been sick, no matter how long you've been anxious or depressed, it doesn't matter if you realize the truth, you have peace with God, then the reality of what He did will begin to manifest in your life. And rather than let our experience define the Word of God, we let Christ and Him crucified and the living Word of God, the Holy Spirit, teach us and we begin to let the Word of God define our experience. And so we, we we're just so passionate about what, what God has done in our marriage, but it's like Savannah said, it's so much more than what He did in our marriage. It's what He wants to do in your life so you can live in the life that He paid for you to live in so that you can be a blessing to this world. Like, our, our worlds are messed up. Like, we're living in Africa, and it's messed up. We come to America, it's messed up. But when the darkness gets darker, we get to shine brighter. We get to show people the reality, not of a watered-down gospel, but that the anointed one set us free, not partially, but wholly and wonderfully. And freedom is the most attractive thing to somebody who's bound. Like if you have a prisoner and he's in a prison cell, we can come and make it look nice. We can come in a prison cell and he can, we can give him roast chicken and, and barbecue ribs and whatever you want to give him and it'll feel good and we can make church nice and we can make it comfortable. But a prisoner who's in prison, even if all the comforts around him is still in prison and therefore freedom is the most attractive thing that we can give them. Like I, I was saying, we don't want to be seeker-sensitive churches. We want to be sinner-sensitive churches. And the most attractive thing to a sinner is freedom. And that's why we love the name of this church, Freedom House. If this is a freedom house, it means those who are bound in bondage and sin can come into a place and not just find awesome praise and worship and seat, but they can find freedom because Christ set them free and we have to start living like it. The gospel, he didn't pay a price on the cross for us to live like hell all the way to heaven. He came to give us life and life more abundantly now. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. If it's death, loss, and destruction, then it's from the thief. But Jesus came to give us life and life there more abundant. With, with what Savannah went through, it was like, it was hectic. What we had to go through was hectic and no one should ever have to go through it. But when we encountered the spirit of the living God, freedom became our bread when we believe the truth of what He did for us, we begin to live by that truth apart from our experience. And that truth began to manifest and transform our experience. Because the gospel set us free. It did it. He paid the price. I'm harping on the point because we have to start to believe the reality of what He did for us. We can't just come to church, pay our tithes, warm our pew and go home. Religion's dead. But it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. This message is never to bring condemnation to anyone who's going through anything. I've been there and I've been going through something. We've been there. And, and you know, Savannah's anxiety and fear was so bad, I would come home from leading worship at youth and she was cutting her arms with a knife. 
It doesn't matter the depth of the deception. No one's so lost that they can't be found. No one's so broken they can't be healed. The OMG fact is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died to set those who would receive Him free, not partially, but wholly and wonderfully. And freely we receive, so freely we ought to give. People in this room, you might have been through a marriage, divorce or breakdown. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to feel ashamed. You've been set free. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Those going through a marriage breakdown right now, believe that God can fix it because He can and He will. If you submit and yield to Him, get help. Get people who will lead you and not just lick your wounds, but speak truth, speak life, speak hope. Hope is the expectation of good. Faith is the substance of the expectation of good in your life. If you don't have an expectation that a good God's going to be there for you, then faith has nothing to collide with for your miracle to come forth. The world says, don't get your hopes up. The gospel says, get them sky high. It says, set your mind on things above, not on the things beneath. Don't use human wisdom because it wars against the will of God in your life. For me and Savannah to move to South Africa was not human wisdom. If it was, we would have stayed where we were, comfortable, but we would have warred against the will of God for our life. But we stepped into a place and we trusted the voice of God and we read and understood that those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. Today, freedom is available. Would you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and His power? Would you yield yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and let Him reveal to you tonight the reality of Christ and Him crucified and the amazing depths of mystery and wonder and glorious hope that comes through His amazing cross and His resurrection from the dead. We're out of time tonight, but if you could just close your eyes for a minute. We're about to hand back to Pastor Troy. If you're going through anything today, you know what it is in your heart. You don't even need to raise your hand. But Savannah, we're just going to pray over you guys. Release the presence of God. As the service finishes, we'll be down the front if anyone wants to be prayed for or There's going to be a prayer team, I'm sure, because we've provoked some stuff tonight. But if you need healing in your body, His miracle working power is here today. If you need breakthrough in a circumstance, He's here today. If you need hope, He's here today. If you need anything, God's here today. We're going to pray, hand back, and at the end of the service, we'll be here, and there'll be a prayer team, I'm sure, if anyone just wants to be prayed to and ministered to. The Spirit of God is here, and He wants to touch people tonight. Lord, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that right now you are intervening in people's lives. I thank you that right now your miracles are being released. Lord, that we don't have to beg you. It was done. It was paid for 2,000 years ago. So I speak to um, marriages in this room and I speak restoration into them. I speak to every body in this room and I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. Every disease, blood diseases, cancer, pain, arthritis, injuries, I just command those bodies to come into line right now in Jesus' name. And I speak to every situation. I say you come into line with the government of heaven right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord that we don't have to strive and fight for it, but we get to rest in the fact that this is your will. And we submit 
our own human wisdom, the pride that puffs up and says, I want to create a reason for my experience. We submit that to you, Lord, and we come into line with your will right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. It's been a privilege to be here.
Lift your hands and tell God, thank you all over this room for what an honor it is to know Jesus.
spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Okay. Sorry, Sister Dot. Okay. Can you hear me, Ella Monfort? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, your mic is open. Feel free to share. Oh, praise our God. Good morning. Good morning to everyone on the line this morning. We bless God for you and you and even you. I thank God for uh, being able to meet with you this morning all the way from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm headed to work as we speak, and I just thank God for this opportunity to share with you what God spoke to me this morning in prayer. Uh, As we were praying, I kept hearing the Lord speak to me, and he said, I'm more than enough. And uh, the song came, you know, Jehovah my provider, you are more than enough for me. Jehovah Rapha, you are my By your stripes, I have been made free. Jehovah Shammah, you're my healer. You supply You are more than enough, more than enough. You are more than enough for me. And as I was singing that and as I was praying, I couldn't get out of singing it. It just kept going over and over and over, and the Lord spoke to me while I was in prayer and while I was meditating in song and ministering in song, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I need my people to trust me, to believe that I am more than enough, more than what they need. I am more than enough. And, you know, I thought about the math term. You know, in math class, I was, I, I have, I was uh, diagnosed some time ago, uh, in college with dyslexia. And at the time, we didn't even understand what dyslexia was. And so many people thought for years that I could not read because I had struggled with dyslexia. But I saw things different. I spoke, uh, I, I saw letters different. I didn't write backwards. 
but I always had a hard time uh, expressing when I didn't understand something because I saw it a different way. And in math class, they used to give us this uh, a term, you know, greater than, less than, or equal to. Well, when we think about the word greater than, uh, it, uh, when we were dealing with the, the numbers and dealing with what is greater, what is less, I could never get it right because in my mind, I thought that I didn't understand which way the mouth should open, which, but my grandmother had to tell me. You always want to make sure that the mouth is always to the bigger number, regardless of less than or greater than. Don't worry about it. You're always the 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 the, the uh, greater number is going to always the mouth is going to always go to the greater number. That made more sense to me than them saying, okay, which is greater than, less than, or equal to. I understood equal to, but I didn't understand the greater or less than. But once I got the picture that the mouth always goes to the bigger number. Uh, uh, I thought about it, and as I was thinking, I said, God, you're greater than greater than. You are greater than that. You're greater than less than, and you, we definitely cannot equal to God. So I said, Lord, have mercy. I said, uh, uh, he's more than enough. You know, a lot of people say, uh, you know, I, he, he, he came right on time. No, he's greater than what you need. Uh, sometimes we ask God for so much. Uh, give me uh, $50, and God wants to open up and give us a thousand or God wants to do greater than what we expect and a lot of times we're not expecting it because we only look at what we want but God is saying I am more than what you need I am greater than I am I am I am greater than less than I'm always in your corner. I'm always thinking of you. I'm always ready to bless you. I'm always ready to make a way for you. Even if it looks like you are being uh, uh, underneath, even if it looks like you are less than, even when it looks like uh, um, uh, you're not making it out on top, I want you to know, God says, that you're always greater than. Always. Always. I'm always making a way for you. I'm always working out, working it out for you. And the Lord says, I want my people to know that I'm more than enough. I'm more than what they need. Glory be to God. And I want them to realize that they're more than a conqueror. They're more than a conqueror. Not a conqueror is to, is to be on top anyway. But to be more than a person on top, how in the world? I can't even describe it. To already have the victory and to be more than victorious is great. Greater than you can ever speak. In other words, there's no words uh, to his understanding. There's no words to his greatness. Well, why did the Lord take me through this? Why am I going through this? Why did I lose my house? Why did I lose my car? Greater than is coming. You may not understand it, but more than enough it has you. More than enough is taking care of you. More than enough is doing what he wants to do in your life. He is showing the world that I am that I am. He's showing the world and you that he's got you. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're going through, I've got you in my hand. I've got you. I've got
got you in my hand. Not only do I got you in my hand, but I'm going to work everything out, even the things you don't see. Hallelujah. It's being worked out just for you. It's being worked out because you trust me, because you live, you live, glory to God, uh, looking to me. And, and you know, when we look to the Lord, you know, some people tell us it looks like the world is being blessed over the, over the church. But I got news for you. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. God, God's people is always on top. Even when it looks like we're not, we're always on top. Let me explain something to you. I work a job right now, and on my job, um, I've been working uh, this job uh, since July. And I, uh, I've been, you know, I'm a, I'm a minister, so I have to go to a lot of funerals and, and minister to people and whatnot. So I went to a funeral uh, this last pay period, and then, uh, you know, my job said that they were going to pay us for Martin Luther King holiday, and they were going to pay us, you know, anytime there's a snow day or whatever. I'm thinking we're supposed to get um, paid. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't get paid, uh, and my check was under what I need. It was way under. I mean, way under. I could not pay my car payment. I could not, I, I could not uh, do my insurance. I could not uh, take care of this or that. But once I, I begin to, uh, I didn't understand what to do. And when I don't know what to do, sometimes what I do is most of the time I get quiet. I get quiet and I begin to mm-hmm. be still. I don't do anything. I don't, I don't touch the money at all. I said, Lord, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm paralyzed. I, I, I didn't even do my tithes, and usually tithes is the first thing that comes off, and I'm like, Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm at a place where I don't know what to do, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said to me, son, don't you worry about nothing. You just know that I got you. I got you, and so the Spirit spoke to me. He said, I got you. I got you. He said, Lord, I owe this, and I have to pay this, and I have to pay this. I've got deadlines, and I had a fire back in November, so I'm still trying to, uh, what's the word, uh, um, get back into the swing of things because I had to move with my sister, and, and, there was, and then I, could, I didn't know what to do. And so the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. He said, commit it to me. Give it to me. Let me show you what to do. And the Lord spoke to me, and I went in prayer. And as I went in prayer, the Lord said, okay, do this. Okay, do that. Okay, do this. And and when I began to do it, everything got taken care of. When I say everything, I mean everything. Uh, uh, Gave my tithes. Gave my uh, money to my sister for let me stay there. Uh, and, uh, and I'm telling you, the devil was really upset and was really trying to ramp and raise and wanted to stir up issues and trouble, but the Lord told me, you trust me, you trust me, watch me work. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, the people that you owe, call them and tell them what's going on. I called them, I told them, I said, I, I, I was in a fire and, and I don't know what to do here. And they said, oh, Mr. Moffitt, this is your first time calling us uh, for help. You don't have to worry about it this week, this month. We're going to waive the late fee. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. God took care of everything. And listen, my car payment will be paid today. Oh, y'all won't talk. God will fix everything out. And I want you to know, uh, uh, he, he spoke to me. Uh, you know, when I was sitting there on the job, my boss, you 
know, they looking at me, is everything all right? Because they know my money was funny. And they was looking for me to look to them. Ah, but let me tell you something. When you serve the God that is more than, you don't have to worry about looking to nobody else because God will always provide for those that trust in him. God will always make a way for those that always trust in him. And I want you to know sometimes it may be rough. Sometimes it may look hard, but just keep trusting him. Just keep looking to him. Just keep knowing that God will take you through. And that you're serving the God that is more than enough. He's more than your bank account. He's more than your situation. He's more than your problem. He's more than anything you are need. And let me tell you something. He's bigger than every problem, bigger than any fear. God is bigger than any mountain you can or cannot see. What are the mountains you don't understand? I'm sick in my body. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's a healer. He can heal your body. He can regulate your blood pressure. You can take care of whatever your situation is. All you got to do is trust him, believe him, and know that you're serving the God that is more than enough. May God bless you. I hope this blessed you today. I hope it helped you. I am at work now, and I'm about to clock in or go in, but I want you to know that you're serving the God. You're serving God who is more than, hallelujah, enough. He is more than your situation. He is greater than your situation. He is greater than your problem. He is greater than your fear. He is greater. He is greater. All he wants you to do is trust him. All he wants you to do is put your trust in him. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Hallelujah. He will take you through. He will help you. He will bless you. He just wants you to trust the God that is more than enough. God bless you. I hope that this, uh, that you understood what God was giving to me and that I pray that you were blessed and that you were uh, 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 encouraged to know that God is more than enough. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you this morning, and I thank you for a fresh word, and uh, we thank God for you coming through. Well, I knew that you had something to bring because of the fight the struggle to get you in. See, if it wouldn't have been a big struggle to get you in, it would have been all right. But because of the struggle, I knew God had something for his people, including me. So we thank God for you this morning, Elder Munford, and I look forward to getting you back in again uh, whatever morning you want me to get you back in. Hallelujah. Amen. And tell the brother, uh, tell the brother, uh, say welcome. Mother, my name is Elder Moffitt, M-O-S-S. I-T-T, yes, Moffitt, yes. Okay, so thank you. I, I, I believe Brother uh, Anthony Lewis, who is uh, yes. out of Idaho, he's the one that gave us the information, and uh, he he was saying my name wrong. I didn't realize that, um, but it's Moffitt, Moffitt. Yeah, Moffitt. Is yes, it ma'am. Fernandez? Is Fernandez, Fernandez the last Fernandez. Okay. Fernandez, F-E-R-N-A-N-D-U-S, Fernandez uh, Moffitt. Uh-huh. Okay, Fernandez Moffitt. All right, Elder yes, Moffitt. Ma'am. We got yes, it. We got, I saw the yes, name, ma'am. but, but Brother Anthony was saying Elder Munford, so that's yes. what I said, but it's Moffitt. Yeah, I saw Moffitt. that. Moffitt. Yes. Uh-huh, Fernandez. Yes. Yeah. Fernandez, Fernandez Moffitt. Moffitt. Yes. 
Yeah, yes, I saw man. that. All right, Brother Anthony, he's here with us today as well. Brother Anthony is uh, on the line as well today in the studio. And so we thank God for him this morning. Thank you, Brother Anthony, for uh, inviting Elder Moffitt and the brothers here. And uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Because that's what we need to do today is walk by faith and not by sight. And God is, he's a more than God. Whenever he gives to me, he gives me more than I need. And many times it's so that I could be a blessing under somebody else. And when yeah. I can't make something, I'm like you. The word comes, stand still and know that I am God. Because, see, he's working it out. You can't work it out. All you can do is give him praise and give him glory while he's working it out. I often tell myself, Elamasi, occupy until he comes. So what I do is I go help somebody else with a situation that I can help them with. It may be they need a little groceries. It may be they need $20 for gas. Uh, it may be that they just need me to come over and they just need to vent to me. You know what I'm saying? Share. Guess what? When I get back, he has already taken care of my stuff because I occupy until he comes. I stood still knowing that he is God. Yeah, because he's more than enough for us. More than we need if we can but yeah. walk by faith and not by mm-hmm. sight. Walk mm-hmm. in the spirit that we don't mm-hmm. fulfill the lust of our flesh. Because, see, right. when we're looking at things, we'll let the flesh take over. And the flesh mm-hmm. will tell, oh, you ain't going to pay that car? No. Oh, they're coming at your car. Oh, you're hmm. not going to pay your car insurance? They're going to cancel that. Come oh, on. You can't pay that mortgage? Mm-hmm. You ain't going to pay your mortgage. That's going to be a strike against your credit. And then guess what? It's going to trickle down. When you know the thing, it's going to be three months. They're going to take your house. But what I learned, if God gave it to you, the only yeah. way you get rid of it is you don't want it no more. Now, Thank if you, you don't want it, he'll, he'll take it away. He'll let it go. Yeah. But as long yeah. as you want it mm-hmm. and you trust in him to keep it, that's yes, what ma'am. God is going to do for you. And we yes, got to ma'am. get out of this mind. Uh, of thinking, the way of thinking in the flesh. We talked yesterday, uh, Elamatha, about being holy. See, mm. because we got to be holy because he is holy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women in the church, we, we got to come out the ways of the world, dressing like them, looking like them. Mm-hmm. Acting, no, 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 no. I'm, I, I, I'm, mm. I'm nobody's Beyonce. <laughs> I'm, I'm nobody's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm holy, and Apostle Paul left a dress code and everything else for us. And before I became a senior citizen, I walked in that dress code because that's what God was pleased with. I can't hear from him, and I'm looking like the world. I'm doing what the world do. I'm hearing another voice because that's not God. Yeah, he's not the author of confusion. No, he's not. Because the devil going to tell me to do it one way, <laughs> the way that's going to destroy me. Because he come to steal, kill, and destroy. But now he'll set it up like this right here. Now, if you do this, this going to work perfect. You ain't heard from God. You, you didn't stand still to get nothing. You, you didn't stand still to watch him work it out. Yeah, I've had the, the electric company. I know I didn't pay that bill. And the electric company told me, oh, your bill is paid in full. You don't owe any money. <laughs> I'm like, you sure? <laughs> It was like, yeah, I can give you a copy of it. Well, give me a copy because I need, look at here. The bill was actually paid because I trust God. Lord, I don't have the money. I don't know where the money coming from. The money I made, I paid everything else. I paid my tithes and offering. 
I gave over to this ministry and that ministry uh, uh, what I promised to do, and God, I, I don't have it. And guess what? I didn't lose a minute of sleep. But he spoke in the spirit and said, call the electric company. And I called them to see if I could work out an arrangement. But when you're two months behind, ain't no working it out, they say. But when I called them, the lady said, oh, I'm sorry. You, you don't owe no bill. I said, ma'am, you sure? She said, yes, I'm sure. I said, well, listen, do me a favor. <laughs> Let me get that in writing. You sugar? <laughs> I don't need no, 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 no darkness in here. Now, I can have a candlelight church service. But that ain't the plan. The plan, the plan, Ella Moffitt, is to have electric throughout my whole house. Amen. He worked Amen. that thing out. He worked that. Oh, I can tell you some testimony that he has yes. done for me. And this is why I stand up for him today. I can't help myself because I know that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently, continually, diligently. always seeking him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't, I can't seek myself because when I did... Before I came to him, it was just a big flop all the time. I was just in trouble. Uh, I didn't have this. I was crying over that. When I came to him fully with a well-made-up mind, followed his instructions, stayed in the Word, let the Word guide me. I don't have any of that today because I know him for myself. Oh, I feel all right Uh, right there. Amen Amen goes right there. Yeah, I I, I saw the spirit and I felt it when it hit you. Yeah, I I saw that thing. I said, Lord, you finna run with him, right? He finna go to preach that, and it's all right. Yeah. So you in the right place at the Amen. right time. You see what he does? You see what he does, not what I do. And you say, oh, I wasn't expecting that. I, right. I, I'm, I usually, you know, knowing what, you know, in other words, what I'm going to do, but I didn't know I was going to say anything. In other mm-hmm. words, so it was like a, I'm not ready. Now you was ready, preacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I always, I always have a word, even when, even if, if I always have a message. It may, I, I don't like to just have a message. I like to have the message, which the Lord wants to say to His people. But I thank God for prayer because early in the morning, early in the morning. Early, early, 7 o'clock in the morning, we meet the Lord every morning at 6, uh, get up at 6.55, or 6.50 rather, to make sure I'm up in time to get on the line, and I get on before everyone else to make sure that I'm ready to see what the Lord has to say today. Yesterday, the Lord told us to be still and know that he's God. I will be exalted in the heavens. I will be exalted among the earth, among the heathen. I will be exalted. And so he wants us to be still, and I love that, that testimony you said about occupied because a lot of people always yeah. say, you know, I, I got to keep busy. I got to keep busy. No, you don't want to stay busy because busy, the antonym for busy is buried under Satan's yoke. Uh-uh. I'm Hallelujah. not trying to be busy. I, Jesus says, "Occupy till I come." Huh? That's what He said. And, and 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 a lot of time we be well. You never see that Jesus was busy. He was occupied. He was occupied. Uh-huh. Or or yeah. he was about his father's business. I'm That's busy. what He told him. He says, "I must be about my father's <laughs> business." So you've got to always be about the father's business. I don't care yes, what the, what other people are doing or saying. Always be about God's business because if you're about God's business, he will bless you every time. I must hang up because I'm now at work and I'm getting ready yes, to go yes, in. Yes, but I, yes, I thank yes. God for you, 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 and you. Amen. We will um, 
it looks like Mother Pittman, this is how we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to okay. have you put me in because it doesn't, I mean, when I try to dial the number, Blog Talk told me that there was no program scheduled at all and well, hung me up. Well, guess and what? Then, guess what, Elamante? When I yes, tried what? to call you from my cell phone, so I'm calling you yes. from the studio. When I tried okay. to call you from the cell phone, it wouldn't let me in. Right. I'm telling you, man, it let me know that was a word. Mm-hmm. And the enemy was trying to keep that word from coming forth. Well, but see, no you weapon. heard him say, huh, what you said? No there? weapon no formed weapon. against me to prosper. And they told me the devil is a liar. And that's what yes. happened. He lied. And the truth so is me, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I bless God for you. What a day to start Amen. the day. What a way to start yes. the morning. I've already, you, I mean, Jesus. I've been praying at 7. Amen. Got off. Begin to, we're just talking about the Lord to my mother, talking about the Lord to my pastor, talking about the Lord to someone else, one of my other elder friends. And we were just talking about the Lord, just the old song, uh, let's go on, let's go on, talking about the good old way. Let's go on, yes. talking about the Lord. Yes. I'm feeling mighty happy talking about the good Hallelujah. old way. I'm feeling mighty happy talking about the Lord. And so as I'm yeah. talking about the Lord, and I saw you kept saying, are you coming in? Are you co-? And I'm thinking, okay, why does she keep asking me? I'm, I'm going to come in. I don't know how to come in. They won't let me in. And so I said, okay, let's see what the Lord must be wanting me to be on. Because yesterday yeah. I missed you when you tried to call me. I was at work by the time I got the message. But I thank God for, for today. I thank God for what he has spoken. And if we don't remember Remember nothing else. Remember, God is more than enough. You don't yeah. have to look to nobody else. All you got to do is look to him and wa- and stand back. Watch him move. Watch him work it out. Watch him fix yeah. it. Glory be to God. Watch yeah. him do what he said he's going to do. Let me tell you something. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, my supervisor and them were laughing. I'm like, you all right? And you can tell when the devil is trying to we're yeah. trying to stir something up because he'll yeah. he'll sit there and he'll look at you and try to make you mm-hmm. you know you know he act like he really really concerned. Wait a minute, <laughs> hold on, Ella, Ella Moffitt, right quick. All right, brother Anthony, your your mic is open. Oh, God bless. You want to say something to Ella Moffitt, right quick, brother Anthony? I don't hear you. Okay. Now, I can't hear him. Did Elamante hang up? No, no I'm still here. Right okay, Brother Anthony, I'm going to close your mic out and reopen it. Okay, can you hear? I know you can hear us, Brother Anthony. We can't hear you. That's right. Okay. All right, well, well he know that you're on the line. I, I mean, Amen. y'all got me saying the line. He knows Amen. you're in the studio, Brother Anthony. And then tomorrow, I'm going to work on some things today so that tomorrow uh, we'll nothing goes out. Yeah, we'll be ready. And I'll call him in. You'll get a chance to say what you got to say to him. He'll get a chance to say what he got to say to you. Yeah, Amen. tomorrow. Because, Elamante, you, you don't have to have an appointment to say something. You just press Amen. that number one on your phone. Or when I yes. bring you in, your mic is open. Just say what you got to say because all I got to do shut up. Amen. God, God bless, bless you. you. I God love you. you. And may God bless each and every one. I'm going to work now. So God bless you. And keep remember that you serve a God that is more than enough. God more bless than you. than enough. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What a message. What a word. A quick word. God, God brought that thing quick because he mean what he said and he said what he meant. So we got to hold on to that one. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you. 
He is more than enough. Wait, bro, Anthony, your mic is open, but I can't hear nothing. Let me see if Sister Dot sent me a message on something. And Sister Dot, we didn't do your Bible quiz today, but I'm going over there in a few minutes and put all that in for tomorrow. So we'll be quizzing it up tomorrow, and I'm going to stop for an hour so I can give you time to bring your answers into your quiz for those who, like me, who love it. (laughs) Yes, he did give a powerful message right quick, right quick. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we have about six minutes. And so I'm going to pray us out. And, Brother Anthony, we, we, we know you'll get in there tomorrow. Don't you worry. You will get in there tomorrow. Yeah. So it's a daughter get in. Cause, and anybody else can go to Facebook, look over there on that uh, Jesus in the Morning group, and get some of those questions so you can get in on it and be blessed as well. All right. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all that has been said and done this morning. Thank you that you're more than enough. And, Lord, as we go through the day, no matter what we're going through, help us to remember that you are more than enough. Lord, bless those who don't understand and uh, who can't sit upon the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, move by your Spirit in a mighty way for these, your people. Do it for us today in the precious name of Jesus. Bless our going out today and our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. And, Father, bless our families and friends. Lord, bless our households, every household represented here today. Bless those that are sick, touch, and heal, and remind them that you're more than enough, even in healing, in the name of Jesus. Bless those that are incarcerated in every branch of the military, widowers, bereaved families, intercessory prayer people, preachers. Israel, Jerusalem, our brothers and sisters overseas. Father, continue to bless America and the leadership of America. Help God. Help today in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And Father, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, January 30th, 2024, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and we're going out with this one right here. And after the song, I won't be coming back.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.